Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. And I want you to go ahead and get your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 17. That's where we're going to be this morning. But as you're turning to Matthew chapter 17, I sort of want to just take some, a few seconds just to inform you what the next three weeks are going to look like and where we're going to be going over the next several weeks. Um, As many of you may or may not know, you may have been here last week, you may not have been, you may have received an email, you may not have received an email, but the majority of us hopefully know by this point in time that today marks the beginning of a season of fasting, prayer, and reading God's word together. That's what today is the beginning of for us as a church family. Now look, I know if you're sitting here right now and that's news to you, maybe that's the first time you've heard that, maybe this is your first Sunday here, maybe you missed last week, what I would encourage you is don't let the fact that you missed last week or missed this information be an excuse not to just go ahead and jump in. Okay, go ahead and jump in and be a part of what I feel that God has called us um, as a church to do. And so God laid it on our hearts just this past summer that we were gonna be fasting together as a church in 2024. Now, I was yet to know the timing of that, but as through prayer back in the fall, God sort of made it very clear to me that it was our responsibility to give, to give him the first part of our year. And what better way to start a new year off than seeking God and seeking his direction and intimacy with him. And and so the thing that God impressed upon my heart, he said, it was almost as if he was saying, if you'll just give me the first part of your year, watch what I do the rest of the year. If you'll just give me the first part of your year, I don't think you can fathom what I will do with the rest of the year. And so the next three weeks, listen to me, the next three weeks is not about checking a box. It's not about jumping through a hoop. What I pray that today is the mark of is our declaration as a church family to declare to the Lord, God, we are all in and we're all ears. God, we're all in and we're all ears. Whatever it is that you speak and lead us to do, God, we're gonna do it. And I believe that if we will be all in and all ears, I think God is gonna call every one of us to be uncomfortable in 2024. I think God is gonna call us to do things that in our flesh may seem absolutely impossible. And so what I'm gonna ask of you is that there's several things that I want you to commit to just for the next three weeks, okay? First and foremost, I want you to commit to fast with us, and I'm gonna explain that further on in the message this morning. But not only do I want us to all be fasting together, I want us to set aside each and every day for the next three weeks Time to spend with the Lord, you alone, in prayer. Whether it's five minutes, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour, whether it's two minutes, you set aside some time to pray and have a conversation with God. 
Also, for the next three weeks, I want you to commit to read God's word for the next three weeks, every single day. You say, well, Brian, I don't know where to start. Open the gospel of Matthew and start. And just read God's word, because what I know about his word is it doesn't return void. It doesn't matter where you read, God's gonna speak. And so every day you're gonna fast, we're gonna pray, we're gonna read God's word together, but I also want you to be here, all right? I want you to be here. I want you to commit to the next three Sundays to be in God's house as a church family, okay? And so I'm gonna unpack this morning what fasting is all about, but as we look at these things, we're gonna commit to fast, we're gonna commit to daily reading, commit to daily prayer, we're gonna commit to be here, and that gets us to January 28th. That's a Sunday. That is a Sunday that we are calling Welcome Home Sunday, okay? If you look in the seat in front of you, you can go ahead and take one of these. There's one for everybody in the house. This is a card that I want each and every one of you to leave with today. And as you spend time in fasting and prayer and conversation with God and, and in his word, the heart behind Welcome Home Sunday is for you as a follower of Christ to, to ask the Holy Spirit of God to lay someone on your heart, whether they be unchurched or whether they be out of church, and you invite him here on January 28th. Who is it that God will place on your heart? I promise you, if you begin today asking God, God, who are my three people? Who are three people that you want me to extend an invitation to, to be in your house? I promise you the Holy Spirit will reveal them to you. Now look, I will also tell you this. Let this be the disclaimer. There is a very good chance that whomever God places on your heart to be on this card, you may go, do what? You want me to invite who? Do with it what you will. But this is part of the impossible things that I believe God wants to do. And so I want you to take this. I want you in your time of prayer, ask the Lord who those three people are. And then as God reveals them, you begin to pray for them. You begin to pray for them. Now listen to me. We're not about going and poaching people from other churches. That's not the heart behind this, okay? If somebody's growing and healthy in a loving church, leave them alone, okay? Let them stay put where they are. God's got them where he wants them. They're using them. This is not about a high attendance Sunday. This is for unchurched people that are out of fellowship. This is the heart behind Welcome Home Sunday, okay? So that gets us all the way to January 28th. And so as you take those cards, make sure that you're being intentional with them, okay? But what I wanna do right now before we start, I want us to pray together. So I want every head bow and every eye closed and in your own words, maybe you're not there yet, but you have a conversation with God right now in this moment that maybe takes that first step in a direction towards him in 2024. God, I thank you today that according to your word, it tells us that if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. And so God, as your children this morning, God, I pray that for some of us, we're taking a baby step in the right direction. God, I believe that you're gonna honor the baby step as much as you do the leap getting close to you. And so God, I just pray that you would meet us in this season God, that you would meet us here today as we declare 
that we're all in and we're all ears. So God, use us in a mighty way. God, make us uncomfortable in 2024. And God, we'll celebrate, God, when we see the work that you are doing in and through us. We love you and thank you that you've invited us to be a part of a work that you don't need us for. And so God, we praise you this morning together and all God's people together said, amen. You know, you may sit here as we sort of unpack the next three weeks and you may think in your mind, well, this, this all sounds great, but you know, Brian, honestly, if I'm just being real transparent today, Brian, I'm sitting in this room and my relationship with God, if I had to define it, would be defined as a struggle at best. Maybe in 2023, I didn't hear God. I didn't feel God. I didn't see God. Maybe 2023 was a tough year for you. And maybe when you look at your relationship with God, you can think back on 2023 and you could just say, you know what, Brian, in 2023, something was just off. Something was just off in my relationship with the Lord. And what I want you to know this morning is that is completely okay. It's okay. Because what I believe with all of my heart, that as we move forward as a family over the next three weeks, I think if you will give God the opportunity, I think whatever may have seemed off, the Holy Spirit of God has the ability to make it right. If you'll listen, if you'll seek him, if you'll draw close to him. So look, I don't, I don't really care what 2023 looked like. Maybe things were off. I serve a God who has nothing but a desire to make things right. You say, well, Brian, something was just off. Well, if you know me well enough, you know that I love you enough to share the hard truth, okay? If something was off in 2023 between you and God, listen to me, it was not God. If something was off in your relationship with God in 2023, it is not on God. You say, well, how can you say that? I can say that because I know that the God, our Father, Jesus Christ, has nothing but a desire to be close and intimate and have a relationship with you. Well, how do you know that? Because he sent his only son to die on a cross so that it could happen. And if we're just gonna be real honest, there's nothing left to prove that someone given their only son to provide a way for you to have closeness with him. So it doesn't matter how bad things were off in 2023. I love you enough to tell you it's not on God. It's not on God. So if something was off, something just didn't sit right in 2023. I want you to know that that's nothing new. That's nothing new. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, you're gonna notice very quickly, this is about Jesus's disciples, the men who were sold out, who were following, who are doing ministry with him constantly. But in Matthew chapter 17, I want us to start reading in verse 14. When they reached the crowd, this is Jesus and the disciples, a man approached them and knelt down before him. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son. 
because he has seizures and he suffers terribly. He often falls into a fire and often into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. What we see very, very quickly, something's off. Something's off. Remember, the disciples had the authority. They had the ability to do everything that Jesus had empowered them to do. But something was standing in the way. Something was standing in the way from Jesus using them to do what he had placed them there to do. And they're saying, and this, this man brings his father to Jesus and he says, Jesus, the disciples tried, they couldn't, so something's off. What is off? Keep reading in verse 17 and 18. Jesus replied. Now what he's about to reply is directed to the disciples. He says, you, unbelieving, and perverse generation. How long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And then from that moment, the boy was healed. Now here's a side note right quick. I want you to hear me when I say this. The first thing that I want you to remember today, Jesus doesn't need us to accomplish his work. But remember, if he desires to have a relationship with us, his desire to use us is just as strong. He wants the disciples to do what he's called them to do, but we see the fact that, that something was off, they weren't able to accomplish it, and now all of a sudden, Jesus, did he let it hinder his work? No, he just did it. And so we see very quickly that Jesus doesn't need us. But what is so humbling is the fact that he calls us and invites us to be a part of what he doesn't even need us for. So that's just a side note. But the same way he desires to use us, he also desires for us to be close to him. And so we already see what's been disclosed here is, is what's off. And what is off is maybe that you're here and you're saying exactly what the disciples are doing. What's happened? I don't feel him. I don't hear him. I don't see him. And so if that's where you're at this morning, looking back on 2023, what you have to do is ask God why. God, why don't I hear you? God, why don't I feel you? God, why don't I see you? God, why don't I understand you? But a lot of times we don't have the boldness to ask God why because we're afraid of what he's gonna tell us. So when we understand that something's off, We've got to be willing to ask God why. What is it? And so you've got to respect the disciples here because they did that very thing. Look at verse 19. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? So you can see already they're probably full of humility and shame because they knew what they had been placed there to do. They weren't able to accomplish what they knew they were supposed to do. And so now all of a sudden they're like, Jesus, hey, come over here for just a minute. Why, why couldn't we do that? God, why weren't we able to do what was asked of us? God, we tried. But it's almost as if they're asking Jesus right here, what's off? What's off? Now, I don't know if you caught this, but here they already are asking Jesus, why couldn't we do it? Jesus, what's off? 
Did you not hear the fact that in verse 17, Jesus has already told them what's off? So we already see very clearly that they're not listening. Jesus has already told them, you're unbelieving and you're a perverse generation. So he's already disclosed to them what the problem is. He's already disclosed to them what the issue is. And here they are just two verses later saying, Jesus, what's off? I don't know about you, but when our kids come to me and do that, what do you want to do? You want to smack them upside the head and say, you're not listening? I've already told you what the problem is. But Jesus goes ahead and tells them again. But what we see is that he's already explained to them what's off. It's interesting that he uses the terminology here, unbelieving. Now understand in the context of the scripture, what they mean here, unbelieving, doesn't mean that they're not a follower of Jesus, that they don't have faith in who Jesus is. But unbelieving in this text simply means unfaithful. And so if they're unfaithful, it means that there's a lack of faith in their relationship with Jesus. There's a lack of intimacy. There's a lack of closeness in their relationship with Jesus. And so what we know that according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, where does faith come from? Faith comes from God, right? So the way our faith increases, the way our faith grows, our faith is fueled by spending time with him. So as a follower of Christ, the way that our faith is strengthened, the way that our faith is encouraged is when we spend time connecting to the Father. So if there's a lack of faith, what do you think it means? That there's a disconnection. That there's a lack of time being spent with the Father. There's a lack of time being spent listening to Jesus so when he calls them unbelieving in this passage, he is simply telling them, you're disconnected from me. You're simply not listening to me. You're not following me. You're not doing the things that I've called you to do. And so Jesus very quickly tells them, for lack of better words, you're the problem. You're not listening. You're not spending time with me. You're not letting me increase your faith. And so not only does he tell them that they're disconnected from him, but he goes on to explain to them what they're connected to. And that's what he means by calling them a perverse generation. That word perverse or perverted, depending on your Bible that you're reading, it literally means that they're turned aside from the right path. They're not walking the path. They're not following Jesus the way that he's called them to follow him. They're not walking step in step with the Savior. And so not only are they not connected to Jesus, but we find here in the scripture they're too connected to everything else. And so Jesus explains it again. Because of your little faith, verse 20, he told them, for truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And so Jesus is telling them, very simply, to have the faith that you need You've got to be more connected to me than you are the world. You've got to be more connected to me than you are the world. And now he's going to explain. 
He's gonna explain how this is possible. How to become more connected to Jesus than we are to the world. And he does that in verse 21. Anybody gonna look at me with verse 21? Some of you are kind of flipping out right now. You're going, oh my gosh, my Bible doesn't have verse 21 in it. And you're thinking, oh my, am I the devil? It's like this, calm down, okay? Don't, don't be too upset. What you find is that in a lot of your Bibles, there is no verse 21 except down in the footnote, okay? And a lot of this, verse 21, I'm not gonna even say was removed. It was placed in the footnote in later translations, because what a lot of the scribes looked at and what they saw is this same account that comes from the Gospel of Mark so that it would read better. Mark talks about what we're gonna talk about next. And so they took Mark's point of view from this story and they simply took the one verse from Mark's perspective and plugged it into Matthew's perspective just so that it would flow better, so that it would make more sense. Okay, so don't think because your Bible doesn't have verse 21 that it's the spawn of Satan. Mine doesn't either. Okay, mine's down in the footnotes. Okay, because I'll be honest with you, I got to it and I was like, ooh, where's it at? So, verse 21, and this is gonna be harder because the writing in my footnotes are even smaller. So I may just have to turn around and stand at the screen or stare at the screen. But verse 21, it says this. This is again, how to fix what's off how to be more connected to Jesus and disconnected from the world. However, this kind, talking about faith, does not come out except by prayer and fasting. This kind of faith does not come out except through prayer and fasting. And so he says, hey, you wanna fix what's off? Pray and fast. So for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be talking about these two things, prayer and fasting, but today we're gonna talk about fasting, okay? Now, before we talk about what fasting is, I wanna make very clear what fasting is not, okay? Fasting, number one, fasting is not a diet, okay? There's a reason that we told you that we're gonna enter the next three weeks through prayer, through fasting, and reading of God's word. If you're fasting without prayer and reading God's word, you're participating in a diet. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, if you just wanna fast without praying and reading the Bible, just don't worry about it, okay? So when we pray, Along with fasting, we wanna make sure that we're reading God's word. So number one, fasting is not simply just a diet. Number two, fasting is not outdated or irrelevant. It's not outdated and it's not irrelevant. It's simply, I shared this last week, it's just not practiced because it's so counterculture to our world. Because our world tells us it's all about our flesh. If it tastes good, eat it. If it feels good, do it. If it makes you happy, participate in it. And so fasting is not outdated or irrelevant. It's just not practice because it's countercultural to who, or honestly, what our nation and world has become. Then lastly, 
Listen to me, and I wanna be very, very clear of what fasting is not. Fasting is not an attempt to change God's mind or manipulate his plan. Fasting is not an opportunity for us to hold God hostage until he gives us what we want. That's not what fasting is. Matter of fact, you're gonna hear today that fasting is actually the exact opposite. So fasting is not a diet, it's not outdated, and it's not an attempt to hold God hostage until he submits to our will. So you say, well, man, if that's not what fasting is, what is it? Well, I'm about to tell you. Here's the definition of fasting. Fasting is giving up of food and or something else for a period of time to simply focus on God. That's it. It's the time for us to give up food and or something else and for us to devote ourselves to focusing on God. You remember the conversation between Jesus and the disciples? He's told them that they're too connected to the world. You're a perverse generation. You're not on the right path. You're, you're following the things of the world instead of following me. And so what he's telling them is, is the time for you to pray is for you to connect to me, but the time for you to disconnect to the things of the world is through fasting. And so Jesus wants them to clearly understand that prayer is a time for connection and fasting is a time for disconnection. And I believe for everything, with everything in me, that we're in a season of life, our world, our community, myself included. This time that we get disconnected from some distractions. We have to disconnect from what distracts us from walking with him because Satan uses the distractions to entertain our physical so that it hinders our spiritual. That's what he does. As long as we're following Jesus, what does he try to do? He tries to do exactly what the, Jesus has already called the disciples. He tries to pervert our view. He tries to get us off the right path. He tries to take things out of perspective and so that he can get us off the right path and get us connected to the wrong one. And it's through these distractions. And so if we declare a fast today, if I declare a fast today, I'm saying no to physical things that distract me from my spiritual things. It's that simple. I love what Tony Evans says. Fasting says, I need heaven more than I need earth. And if you didn't write that down, you probably need to. He says that fasting says that I need heaven more than I need earth. And what fasting is, is a time for us to place our hunger for him instead of the hunger for our flesh. And so I don't want you to forget this statement. This is one other thing that I want you to write down. This is just something that God laid on my heart for me. What Brian's connected to in this world directly affects how I'm disconnected from him. 
what Brian, you can fill in your name, whatever you wanna put there, what Brian is connected to in this world directly affects how I'm disconnected from him. So I'll go ahead and prepare you what the next three weeks is all about. It's about exposing the tension between the physical and the spiritual. It's gonna expose and you're gonna realize very quickly, or I know I will, how fleshly driven we are. Paul talks about this tension a lot. You don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen, but in Romans chapter seven, he talks about this tension between the physical and the spiritual. Look at verse 18 of Romans chapter seven. Paul says, for I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh, for the desire to do what is good is with me, for the desire to do what it is good with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I wanna do, but I practice the evil that I don't wanna do. Now if I do what I don't wanna do, I am no longer the one that does it, but it's the sin that lives in me. All that being said, what that summed up, Paul is saying, I know what I need to do, but my flesh controls what I do. I know what I need to do, but my flesh controls what I do. And so fasting is simply a time for us to focus on what we as a child of God are supposed to do. And that is to draw close to him. And so this morning, as we get ready to close, as we get ready to wind this down, I, I wanna very quickly talk to you about the practical side of fasting. Because for some of you, this may be a foreign concept. You, you may have never participated in a fast. And, and like I said, that's okay. And so I wanna give you sort of the practical side as to, you may ask the question, where do I start? I don't know where to start on this thing. I'm gonna give you three easy places to start. The first place to start is something that everybody in the room can do. Is declare a need for him. Declare a need for him. Commit to submit and sell out to him. If we were to take a survey, every single person in the room would declare, I want to experience God more in 2024 than I ever have before. That's great, that sounds awesome, but are you willing to put in the time? Are you willing to commit to him? Because I guarantee you, he's willing to commit to you. Because remember, God's not the problem, we are. So will you make a declaration that you want him in 2024? Will you make him first? That's the very reason we're setting aside the first three weeks. We're saying, God, here's the first part of our year. We're gonna make you first. Here's the first part of our year. So there's the first one, declare you need him. The second one is this. Decide how long 
and what to fast. Now, I'm gonna make that easy for you, okay? Because I believe that God's already laid it on our heart as a church family, how long to fast. If you read through the Bible, you'll, you'll see there's different seasons of fasting. Some fasted for three days. Some fasted for 40 days. Some fasted for 21 days. I don't really care about the number of days. All I know is that God placed it on my heart that we're gonna start a fast today and we're gonna end on January 28th. We're gonna end on January 28th. So maybe whoever you bring to church, you're going straight to Longhorns after church. I'll go ahead and warn you, you're gonna be sick as a dog. Okay, so ease your way back in, all right? So we don't have to worry about how long. So the question is, what do I fast? Now this is where I don't want us to ever turn this into some legalistic concept. Because I don't believe it's, God honors more our heart than he does our actions. And so don't think if somebody's fasting this food or that or, and you're not doing what they're doing that they're more spiritual than you. I want you to ask the Lord what it is that you're to fast. Now look, some of you may need to contact a doctor, honestly, and I'm not saying that jokingly. But if you're a diabetic and you feel that God's calling you to fast insulin, you ain't heard right, okay? We're gonna use some common sense in this thing, okay? There's some things in life that because of health reasons, you can't afford to give up. I'm not saying that God can't do what God will do, but I'm just telling you, use some common sense. And I know some of you are going, well, I can't function without caffeine. Eh, it's a little different, okay? But what food should you fast? Because I believe that as a church, God has called all of us to give up some type, some element, some line of food. And for me, I'm going to be participating in the Daniel fast, which means that I'm not gonna be eating sugar, I'm not gonna be eating bread, I'm not gonna be eating meat, I'm not gonna be eating dairy, I ain't gonna be eating anything that's good. <laughs> that's how it fits into the category. If it looks good, that means, yep, that's probably not on there. Cooper, my 14-year-old, as little as a minute, he, dis he disclosed to me what he was gonna be fasting. Daddy, I think God wants me to fast zebra cakes. <laughs> then he followed it up, but wait a minute, those are too good, I can't do that. And I said, hold on, Cooper, perfect, that's why. So that's probably exactly what God wants you to give up. And so what I want you to do is ask the Lord. I invite you to do the Daniel fast with me. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's hard. But I honestly can tell you, I sat in my living room this morning, overwhelmed with excitement and a hunger for God that I can't explain. And if I can somehow communicate that to you, Church, I don't think we can fathom what God's gonna do in and through us in 2024. But are you willing to make him first? So yeah, God's calling us to fast some sort of food. I didn't say fast food. <laughs> fast some sort of food. But then also, not only food, but what distracts you? What distracts you? And look, we don't have to be a rocket science to figure it out. It's this 
little thing that we hold in our hand nonstop. What does it look like if you get off social media for three weeks? Can I tell you, there will be an immediate relief of anxiety and worry and fear. I promise, I've experienced it. But what do you need to disconnect from? Is it your phone? Is it a group of people? Is it a certain place? Is it a, a certain activity? And, and look, I'm just being real honest. I was with God all day Tuesday preparing for this. And I said, God, reveal to me what other than food, what distracts me? And can I tell you, that list kept going on and on and on. So not only am I gonna be starving, I'm gonna be bored to death. But I believe God's gonna use it for me to turn my attention to him. I sat and I finished studying and praying this morning and normally I cut on the TV and I kind of decompress by watching deer hunting on TV. But God said, uh -uh, just sit with me. Just sit with me. And so in the silence of my living room this morning, I didn't say a word. But I felt the presence of God without saying anything. Because I was simply saying, God, I'm all in, I'm all ears. God, help me disconnect. So what food will you fast? What distractions will you fast? And then the third thing is this. Fast with an expectation. Fast with a purpose. First and foremost, the purpose that we all should fast with the heart behind is being closer to God. If you can't find anything else to fast for, let that trump it all. God, I just wanna be close with you in 2024. God, I just wanna walk with you in 2024. God, I just wanna hear you like I've never heard you before. But if you read throughout the scripture, there's, there's many, many women, men and women, who fasted for many different things. There's a book that I've been reading through written by Elmer Towns and, and just some of the fasts that were mentioned in there were the disciples fast. And they fasted that they would be freed from addiction and sin. The Samuel fast was a fast praying for the awakening to the lost. Elijah's fast was over mental and emotional problems. The Daniel fast was fasting for God's strength and God's timing. Paul's fast was fasting for direction. Many of you are gonna face a big decision in 2024. Now look, there's many more examples that we could give of purposes and expectations to have during a fast. But I want you to ask the Spirit of God to lead you. Now hear me when I say this. Fasting is not some secret solution that God just says, okay, you're doing it, so I'm gonna sprinkle this stuff all over you. You see, what fasting is about is simply aligning our hearts with his, that's it. 
dying to our flesh and saying, God, I wanna walk so close to you that I don't wanna be part of that perverse generation. God, I wanna be on the right path, walking step in step with where it is that you're leading me. And I believe that when we're walking step in step with him, God will do things that blow all of our minds. I remember years ago, when I was in student ministry, God laid it on my heart for our group of volunteers and myself. There was probably 40 of us. And God called us as a team to the Daniel fast. And so we began a season where we just desired to walk in the direction that God was calling all of us. And within a three-week period, now keep in mind, it was not a very large church, but in a three-week period, 65 students surrendered their heart and their life to Jesus. You say, well, is that part of that God fairy dust? No. Is that we were hearing clearly what God was wanting us to communicate. We were hearing clearly the direction God was calling us to go. And when we're walking step in step with him, God blows our mind. Many of you probably remember three years ago, here, God called us to a church fast. And we jumped in and did the Daniel fast together. And throughout a summer period, remember when numbers are down and everybody gets to kind of take a time off? We experienced revival in this church like I don't know that I've ever been a part of. Every week, people were trusting and giving their life to Christ. I can remember a year ago, I had a big decision to make. And I said, God, I need you. And so for three days, I didn't eat a bite of food. I just drank water. And I was asking for God's timing. I was asking for God's direction. And lo and behold, would you believe God took care of it? I didn't even have a decision to make. You say, well, is that part of that fairy dust? No, because... For three days, I pursued God. Otherwise, I would have probably said things I wasn't supposed to say. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. So for the next three weeks, all I'm asking you is starting today is to say, God, I'm all in and I'm all ears. And look, it can be scary. But what does it look like this morning if families get together in this altar? Dads, you lead your home. And you say, we're gonna fast as a family. We're gonna seek God like we never have before. And I can't help, y'all know my little, how my mind works is pretty sick and twisted at times, but all a fast is, is to realign things. 
Y'all remember the Verizon commercial years ago? The guy's wandering around in the woods with his phone. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? First and foremost, I want you to understand that we serve a God who never doesn't hear us. But I kind of flipped that on its head and it's, you watch the guy walk himself and reposition himself in the woods or in the city, wherever he was, he had to reposition himself so whoever he was talking to could hear him. But at the end of the day, what fasting is all about is us walking around, repositioning our lives, repositioning ourselves and saying, okay, God, I can hear you now. Well, God, I'm still connected here, but you know what? If I move over here, God, I can hear you now. God, I can hear you now. And if you will listen to the Holy Spirit of God, he's going to continue to steer you in a path where you do nothing but hear him loud and clear. And so what food should you fast? What expectations do you carry into this fast? That's not for me to answer. That's between you and him. But I want to invite you this morning to begin today asking him, God, what distracts me? What distracts me in 2024? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.